0: I appreciate so much the, uh, the pastor asking me to fill in for him uh, <clears throat> this night. So sorry he's not feeling well. Um, and I, I appreciate a man that keeps on going no matter what, and that's the way our pastor is. He just doesn't give up. <clears throat> uh, but I, I often think about a, a Jack Hudson years ago from some of the old timers there in, in Charlotte, North Carolina. Uh, he wrote a book one time entitled Playing Hurt. And I've often thought about that, just right here particularly, but uh, you kind of just keep going sometimes. When you're when you're on the field, you may not feel the greatest, but you keep on going. And our pastor really uh, demonstrates that to us all the time as a man of God that keeps serving the Lord and giving uh, God his very best and giving us his very best as well. And I've seen him uh, playing hurt, and that's just uh, – that always – been impressive to me as well, uh, and it's something I'm sure he would uh, want everyone to be reminded of as well, that yesterday was the home going of uh, Pastor Clarence Sexton, who went home to be with the Lord, and good man of God, uh, Temple Baptist Church there in Knoxville area in Powell, Tennessee, uh, <clears throat> in uh, Crown College, and wonderfully used of the Lord, I believe he was 75 uh, but uh, a wonderful man of God, and I know your pastor loved him, our pastor loves him as well, and uh, thankful for him, but just uh, remember the family there too, and students and uh, those folks that are there. Proverbs chapter 1, now by the way, I, as a disclaimer, uh, I, I learned when I was in college that when you're preaching, the one thing you never do is tell anybody how many points you have, because they'll sit there and Oh, he's only in point number two, and he's got two more to go. And and so handing you something that has 21 points on it—I uh, mean, that's suicide. So I understand, but but uh, I will will be out of here by eight o'clock. So that's the promise. I'm pretty sure, uh, and uh, I'm, I can usually make it. But I want to just uh, share a few things, and just as a little—well, if I could, Proverbs chapter one. Look there with me, and uh, seeing the instruction, the. Of Solomon to his sons as well. But in, in Proverbs chapter 1 and verse 1, the Bible says, The Proverbs of Solomon, the son of David, king of Israel, to know wisdom and instruction, to perceive the words of understanding, to receive the instruction of wisdom, justice, and judgment and equity, to give subtlety to the simple, to the young man, knowledge and discretion. A wise man will hear and will increase learning. And a man of understanding shall attain unto wise counsels. To understand a proverb and the interpretation, the words of the wise and their dark sayings. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. My son, hear the instruction of thy father, and forsake not the law of thy mother. For they shall be an ornament of grace unto thy head, and chains about thy neck. My son, if sinners entice thee, consent thou not. If I could just mention as a uh as an understanding of what happened is that my our son we all, Mary and I only have one child, our son Troy, and he is now fifty six years old. Uh, but when he was twenty one years old, I thought I'd like to just go off with him and uh and just have a sit down talk with him at twenty one years of age. So I just kind of formulated 21 principles that I wanted to share with them at that time. And so we went up into the, the uh, <clears throat> um, <clears throat> Shenandoah Valley. Where, yeah, Skyline Drive. Thank you. You know, the thing is, I found out last October 3rd when I hit 80. I'm forgetting an awful lot of stuff now. But the good thing is, is in fact, <clears throat> uh, Brother Crichton sent me a little thing that he had. And it said that the good thing is when when you're 70, everybody gets mad at you because... You forget everything, and you don't remember this. And they and said, but when you get 80, he said, people expect it, and they don't bother you when you forget things. And so I really feel blessed now that I don't have to make an excuse anymore. I'm 80, okay? so. Uh, but anyhow, we were up on the Shenandoah Mountains Drive there, and uh, we, we went up about a mile and a half and found a big rock and sat down. And I put together these 21 principles. There's no, there's no order to them. They're not gender specific at all they're for everybody they're for me today and for all of us uh, and so I wanted to just share some of these things and i've I found uh in fact Mary found them in, in all of our stuff and boxes that we had had uh some of these handouts that are just handed to you uh, and so I thought, okay, tonight I think I'll go over those and I'm going to go through them quickly as well but i want to I want us to look at some things and Principles and a couple of them are fill in the blanks for you uh, to be able to look at. Anybody not get one of these things, I and mean, we've got some more uh, up front, there's some, one, two in the back, but there are plenty of them, so I think so if you need any more, there's more in the back there as well that are needful. But uh, it's just something you got to take. Think, you know, I, I think about uh, how God has instructed us with our children and for most of us, our kids are gone. But the Bible says children's children are the crown of old men. Although I can't relate with the last part of that verse, I can think of the crown of of children's children, grandkids as well. Well, most of us to be around children or grandkids at at Christmas time, Uh, maybe you've got children, relatives around you, neighborhood kids. These are just principles that work for them and that work for every adult on planet Earth. So fortunately, uh, all of us can be blessed by it. Just a reminder of it. There's nothing new under the sun, Solomon said. So I don't have to worry about that. Let's glare up here is probably getting people. I guess no, I'm I'm good. I'm I, I think now I've, I saw some getting ready to pull their sunglasses out. So I think that was wise that you did <clears> that. But I think of of how we we work at these principles here that we need in our lives. And so just uh, bear with me and look up and just think maybe there's something there that would speak to your heart about, and I've learned long time ago, we don't ever take anything for granted uh, in any of our lives um, as we go forward for the Lord. The number one thing uh, that I mentioned there is, remember, no one owes you anything. And I, I told my son this when he was 21 years old. The generation today uh, has the idea that you always walk around with, one palm up, just kind of waiting for a handout. And there's this entitlement mentality that our, I think our government has kind of put on us and our schools have put on us that everyone is thinking about that. <clears throat> but I wanted to remind him that you don't go around waiting for somebody to do something for you. You do what you can to help them. But <clears throat> don't don't develop that entitlement uh, concept no matter what. It's not a matter of who you are or what you are. We are servants of God That's all I need to know. So, remember, no one owes you anything. Number two, always have the attitude of a servant of God. And that is, we live for other people. So I look at that and think, Lord, help us to be a good servant. Help me to make sure I do what I can and serving others. And that's what the Lord said in Matthew 20, verses 25 through 28. And you might, there's a little white margin there. You might jot some of those verses down the, side that go along with it, you could look at uh, later on as well. But Jesus made it quite clear that the Christian life is not a life of being served, but of serving. And he demonstrated that by his own life for all of us to be able to see and observe. And this is God as he is working, uh, continually looking to be able to help other people. And You can see Jesus as he was working to heal diseased people or people with eye problems that they had, like <clears throat> Bartimaeus or or being able to comfort those that are hurting like Mary and Martha when they were uh, <clears throat> their loved one and dying and people that were diseased and, and just they're helping others out. <clears throat> and so that's the life. So I want to make sure that I always have the attitude of a servant, not waiting for someone else to do it. So <clears throat> you just kind of develop that spirit. And you start out young. Of course, some of us, as we get older now, we still have to have a servant spirit, and that really is what it. That is so contrary to life today, and I've watched it. I grew up in northern Virginia, right outside of Washington, D.C., right across the river, uh, and in our church we had a lot of people like that that were military officers and workers and people that worked in the Pentagon and others in D.C. and a lot, of the, a lot of those kind of people, but I found out that it's always amazed me that it seemed like the kind of the higher the rank that some of those men would have, the greater the servant they were, even in a secular society and working. But it was just in their spirit and in their heart. But I think servitude is something that should be apparent in each of us and all of us and being willing to do anything, not just the good things, you know, but start out young, start out there uh, and, um, and look to be able to help other people and do what we can. Number three. Keep your heart fixed on Jesus Christ. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith in Hebrews 12, 2. And I think, Lord, I want to make sure that my heart is fixed on Jesus Christ. He's, He's the vortex, the focal point that I have, that I want to keep looking at the Lord and asking God to work in my life and being able to help me. And for all of us to just keep... My heart fixed that. I find out today it's so easy to have a million other things out there to distract us and to pull us away from what's right. Have you ever, have you ever taken your phone uh, and <clears throat> and looked at it where that you know automatically every week it comes up and says you have spent three hours on your phone this week, or hey you're down a little bit. You only got in five hours and you had seven hours the week before and you, and does that ever that ever click in your mind like oh my goodness what am i doing with my life what am i doing with my time and it's so easy it's so easy to get caught up in media or caught up in facebook or media or caught up in the tv or caught up in anything to distract us from the right thing the best thing and that is our our wonderful lord as well so keeping a heart fixed on the lord i remind us as well <clears throat> Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee. <clears throat> and Isaiah 26, 3. And I think that's so vitally important for all of us, every born-again believer, to be able to keep their hearts and minds fixed on the Lord Jesus Christ. And hey, don't we all need a little bit of peace every now and then? I mean, with this world and society like it is, uh, you just you like the little respite to get away from some of it sometime and to be, able to be able to think clearly uh, for the Lord and what God wants for us in our hearts and minds. But we need that. We need the time when have that peace. And sometimes when you can get troubled, and I can get troubled, and you can probably get troubled easily with things, so many things happening, but then sometimes you just need to stop <clears throat> and uh, look at the Lord and consider Him and think about our Lord and stay fixed on looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Because pretty soon, this world's going to be over. And it's going to be a, go through a nice little cleansing of our Lord. And we're going to be living peaceably with some other people. <clears throat> I was out last <clears throat> week as I was knocking on doors and passing out door hangers, putting them out. And I, I came up one man. I said, <clears throat> I said, hey, I just wanted to give you an invitation to visit our, our church at Gospel Baptist. So wait here just a moment. So he sends his wife in. They were both outside. Since his wife in the house comes out, and I thought this is going to be nice uh, to be able to get this uh, from him, he's going to do something kind, you know, he wants to do it for me. I I tell you the truth, um, I was just uh, we were just over visiting with uh, the Crichtons, and they had shared with us how they were out knocking on doors last week, and somebody gave them something from their town back in Rhode Island, and. And I thought, that's so neat to be able to see it. And I thought, I'm going to get something good, too. So she comes out, he gets it, comes out, it, and he gave me a nice track for the Kingdom Hall. <laughs> and it was, oh, I thought, oh, this is so sweet, you know. And uh, I thought, now what I'm doing, so <clears throat> I, I can't receive a guy into my house. I didn't want him to anyhow. But to be able to and talk to him, I think, you know, this guy got all troubled and and said something. I, I finally, I... Something came up about the world situation and then he denied uh, that Jesus Christ was the only way to go to heaven and got mad, almost cried about it, uh, man my age, and almost cried over it. I thought, oh, this is getting serious and I thought, I better just go on. But I think it's nice to have a piece of God in our hearts and lives. It's nice to know that Jesus paid it all and he made it so that I can have the reconciliation that my soul needed with Almighty God, and I can have forever to look forward to in the peace, and the real kingdom of God with the King of kings and the Lord of lords as well. A fourth thing is the Bible is the word of God. Look over in Psalm 128. Now, I didn't emphasize this as though uh, our son was a little confused or wondering about the Bible, but... I, I realize that I want to just underscore this very important fact for us. But look in Psalm 119 and verse 128. In verse 128, the Bible says, Therefore, I esteem all thy precepts concerning all things to be right, and I hate every false way. Thy testimonies are wonderful. Therefore, Doth my soul keep them? The entrance of thy words giveth light. It giveth understanding unto the simple. I opened my mouth and panted, for I long for thy commandments. Look thou unto me, and be merciful unto me, and thou usest to do unto those that love thy name. Order my steps in thy word, and let not any iniquity have dominion over me." I wanted to make sure he understood something that we all understand in this church is very clear, is that this book is the final authority in my life and in your life. It's the book. It's the Holy Bible. It's God's holy word. There's no debate. I have my preferences. You have your preferences. But when it comes to the word of God, forget your preferences. It's what God says, period. That's it. It's the Bible that is our final authority in life. And honestly, don't take that for granted at Gospel Baptist Church because not all churches are like that, trust me. I've seen it in fundamental independent Baptists. You can show something out of the Bible and, well, yeah, but, you know, and you can just figure out a way to fudge over it. The Bible is the final authority. And I think that's just so vitally important to build my life up on the solid foundation of the Lord Jesus Christ as well. So we need that for our life and for liberty and for laws and for leadership uh, and that to never veer one step away from the word of God and making sure that in every way uh, we've got God's final standards there for our lives and what we're doing. Uh, Next thing, Bible is not only the word of God. And by the way, uh, I might say that as it says there in, in verse 133, order my steps in thy word. You want to know the will of God? Go in the book. The reason that most people don't know the will of God is because they don't know the word of God. Because he said, order my steps. Where do I go, Lord? What, where do I go next? Order it out of your word. And God will get, maybe not always a specific thing. It may not have a verse written out as to what the name of the church that you need to go to. Uh, but it has everything you need to know what should take place inside the church uh, and where to go, but, and everything. So the Bible's there for us to be able to look at and uh, to follow and have. So people don't know the will of God because they don't know the word of God. I want to make sure I know the word of God so I can know the will of God in my life. <clears throat> Vitally important for all of us. Another thing is, and number five, <clears throat> is don't quit. Anyone. Anyone can start a job, but not all finish it. And anyone can get married, but not everybody stays that way. Anyone can can kind of start a project and leave it hanging and not do anything with it. Remember when I went off to uh, Bob Jones University, where the pastor went? Uh, that uh, I'm pretty sure <clears throat> I'm I'm pretty sure that there's going to be other people winding up there someday. But I think, hey, I started out with 1,300 people in my freshman class and wound up graduating 270. And I think, what happened? You know, where where did everybody go? And and so you look at that, and I think, when I hit the 50th year mark in in our marriage, at 50 years, I just kind of Googled it since Google knew everything. Uh, And I looked at that, and I said, how many people make 6% of marriages make it to the 50-year mark? I think, what happened? Well, hey, when you get that old, you're usually dead before you get to 50, I guess. But, but I think a lot of times, struggles and troubles, and I'm not trying to put anybody back in the, in the guilt mode at all. I'm just simply saying it's easy to get something going and not fun. The Bible says, Jesus said to them, my meat is to do the will of him that sent me and to finish his work. In John 4, 34, I want to finish my Lord's work. Neither count I myself dear unto myself, so that I might finish my course with joy and the ministry which I have received of the Lord Jesus to testify the gospel of the grace of God. In Acts 20 and verse 24. Once a task has been begun, never leave it till it's done. Be it large or be it small, do it well or not at all. So you give it all that you have. Don't quit. So I instructed our son. Don't quit. No matter what, stay with it. Keep going. I remind myself today, don't quit. Stay with it. Well, but they go out and knock on doors, and sometimes they're not nice to you. And I don't like people when they're mean. and I, I like nice people. I'm just going to go to church all the time. I'm not going to go out in the neighborhoods, and, and you just don't quit. It doesn't make any difference uh, how the reaction might be or what someone else might say or do. I want to keep on keeping on till the Lord Jesus Christ comes back or takes me home one way or the other. I want to give it my very best uh, for the Lord. So <clears throat> give it all, don't quit. Six, fight your flesh and the devil. And I might throw in there, <clears throat> and the world as well. The Bible says, flee also youthful lusts which war against the soul in 2 Timothy 2.22. Dearly beloved, I beseech you, strangers and pilgrims abstain from fleshly lusts which war against the soul, 1 Peter 2.11. You know what happens for most of us, even as adults? We forget that we're actually in a war, spiritually. I mean, the people over there in the different hot spots tonight of fighting going on, they wouldn't dream of walking out uh, in front of a building or going into a room without having a weapon in their hands. And we go out thinking sometimes, we can make it just fine. We don't, we don't have to worry about the devil. Uh, he'll, he'll sit back a little bit because I'm not. And as long as we don't do anything for God, he'll let us go and, and come to church and everything smile and everything be fine. But you want to do something for God? <laughs> Watch out because uh, the devil's after all of us uh, as we seek to live for the Lord. So you might as well we have to get used to it. We do battle with the flesh, we do battle with the devil. <clears throat> Uh, until the day that you die. Paul said, I die, how often? Daily. Daily. I die, He said, I'm crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. <clears throat> in Galatians <clears> 2.20. And I think, Lord, help me to realize I am to be reflecting Christ in my life. And and trust me, you're looking at somebody that fails in that matter all the time, an awful lot, too much, too often. But I'm saying that should be our goal. Lord, I want to live for the Lord Jesus Christ, be like the Lord, and uh, fight the devil and the flesh in every way that I can, and doing battle with him and to be able to come out on top for the Lord. Number seven, be patient with people. Love the unlovely. And all of us probably could wear a sign, you know, that simply says a work in progress uh, and wear that around our neck. And hey, I'm not there yet. I understand. So there are a lot of things I need to work on and you can help me with that. But we realize no one's perfect yet and no one is there. And so I think developing a loving and caring attitude that doesn't elevate ourselves above others but instead we can prefer one another in loving others well. Let nothing be done through strife or vainglory, but the Bible says, in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than themselves. <clears throat> in Philippians 2, 3. So I think, help me with that, Lord, in that, hey, I, you have. To, I have to fight pride in my life. You have to fight pride in your life, probably. Uh, and it's always there. It's like, well, maybe I... But no, we're all human beings. We all have to deal with the flesh and putting it down and crucifying the flesh and living for the Lord Jesus Christ that we might be able to have the victory that only the Son of God can give us. So I want to give it my best and my all. So I'm not going to give up. I realize there's a warfare going on out there, and I'm going to give it my best for the Lord. And So I want to be patient uh, and love it. And then number eight, look at problems as opportunities for God to show himself strong. <clears throat> Second Chronicles 16, verse 9. <clears throat> and that wonderful story there, it's a whole message by itself. But God is still, the Bible says, walking to and fro throughout the earth, seeking to show himself strong in behalf of them whose hearts is perfect. And I think, Lord, I want to give my best and my all to the Lord Jesus Christ. I want God to do his work in me. And God's looking for an opportunity. We might say, hey, but it's impossible. I'll I'll never advance. I'll never get ahead here. I'll never get victory in my life here. I'll, I'll never overcome this. Yes, you can if you believe your God is able to do anything, and he is. And that's what the Bible teaches us as well. So I want to make sure that I look at any problem I have out there as an opportunity. It's beyond me. I admit I can't do it but God can do it through me if I let him. So he's looking for opportunities to show himself strong. So it's kind of like just getting to the place of someone has said, you just let go and let God, and it works. And number nine, trust God. And we all know the familiar verses in Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not into thine own understanding, but in all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths in Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. And I think that's the wonderful beauty of life and the word of God that we have to be able to trust and to hold on to that God Almighty can work in us. So the alternatives, uh, I mean, we can come up with our own philosophy and our own wisdom and our own strength and our own ideas, but faith is the great antidote (coughs) to fear and circumstances that are there. Trust God. Yeah, but this is overwhelming, and sometimes it is. Uh, I was uh, talking with a man last night on the phone uh, who was uh, undergoing some pretty serious depression and we were talking sometime and so realize again that bottom line is, am I going to trust me or am I going to trust God to work in my life? And if I just kind of look out here at all the circumstances, I'm going to get distracted from doing what God wants me to do. If I get my mind off myself, and put it on serving others, then I will have the victory and the joy in my life that only God can give me. So I think, Lord, you help me. I want to trust you. I want faith, faith, the trust of the Lord. And faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. And Hebrews 11 1, and, and verse 6 says "Hey, that, that, that without faith it is impossible to please God. So I've got to have the faith. I have to have the trust. And I was sharing that as well with our son for that, for the work of the Lord there. So number 10, <clears throat> years ago, <clears throat> I uh, many years ago, I had the, <clears throat> the thought that came to my mind when I was thinking about troubles and struggles and difficulties. And have you ever kind of just stopped and looked back at yesterday, last year, five years ago, 10 years ago, and I wish I would have, could have, should have, done something but you didn't uh, and a thought came to my mind this is not inspired and it's not not a Bible verse but it's a biblical principle and that is this you live for God today and there will be no regrets tomorrow you live for God today and there will be no regrets tomorrow and it's easy to live in hindsight but it's vitally important to live in the will of God. Really, each day of our lives, so that we can trust the Lord in everything that we have and everything we do. So, you live for God today, there'll be no regrets tomorrow. You don't have to worry about it. Number 11, uh, I have down there, wait for God's choice of a wife. Now, it's a little late for some of us. Uh, and so, uh, but when He was 21 years old, I wanted to make sure don't rush this thing uh, and just wait for the right. But I say, for the rest of us, In Matthew 6, 33, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. And I think priorities in our lives are vitally important. So I've got God in my life, priority number one, my family, priority number two, and then my job, calling, or ministry, priority number three, and that order. And by the way, before you're saved, you have the reverse of that. You put your job first, family second, and if you have any left over time, you'll go to church on Easter or Christmas maybe. Three. But then when you get saved, those three things turn back over. God becomes first. And then my family, and then my job calling a profession. And so many people lose out on their families because they get involved in everything else and forget to take care of the little son, the little daughter, and see them grow up and be there for their special times and helping them in everything. And by the way, I, for whatever it's worth, uh, because this, this uh, struck me one time, because you see a lot of people out working extra long hours. There's one thing in the Bible that I found <laughs> that it says that it's okay to kind of ta- let your job take you away from your family and go out and do something else temporarily, temporarily and, do it. and that was a man going to war. That was, you know, then uh, you go out, and if you're out too long, you know, if you first got married, they say, "Come on back, so you can kiss your wife and take care of her." But other than that, uh, that's the only thing. And so I say, for men, for young men particularly, <clears throat> uh, be careful that you don't uh, you don't become a workaholic uh, and uh, and love the work the more than you do the family that's there as well. And uh, the next number is, fear no man but God. <clears throat> fear no man. But God, and I think how vitally important uh, that is for everyone uh, all the time in our lives. Fear no man but God. I need it in my life every day of my life, just like you do. Uh, the Bible says, the fear of man bringeth a snare, but whoso putteth his trust in the Lord shall be safe in Proverbs 29 and 25. Proverbs chapter 1, uh, where we were before we turned away from it. Uh, In verse 7 said, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. Says the same thing in in chapter 9, verse 10 as well. So there's an accountability factor there that that we need to make sure that I have my fear and my trust is in God uh, and not man at all. So don't compare yourself with others or by others because everyone becomes and is God's unique creation. Uh, we're what who God wants us to be. I don't know how many times I thought, boy, I wish I had the brain that guy had. I wish I, I could preach like he could. I wish I could understand in counseling like that person. I wish I could. But I can't. Uh, but I can do what God's called Bud Calvert to do. Uh, and that's different than what he's called you to do in a different way and different background. And so all of us make up different things. And let's face it. It's but by the grace of God, any of us is here on a Wednesday night in church. Uh, uh, if you'd been left out in the world all by yourself without God's influence in your life. Um, <clears throat> now, the ready to hang on now? We've got 10 more to go, and I've got 10 minutes, and I'll be done. <clears throat> so uh, here we go. So uh, <clears throat> number thir- 13, <clears throat> uh, <clears throat> never be afraid to admit you're wrong. Now, I don't know while, of all the things I've said, that's the first thing my wife laughed about when I just said. So I, I, that was supposed to be a quiet laugh. But be, be the first one, I mean, be quick to admit when you're wrong. And, hey, and, and by the way, I mean, there's only one thing, of course, that, that we're allowed to do and be wrong on. Uh, and I think most every wife and most every woman realized it. That we men don't ever get lost. So you don't ask, say, when your husband's driving, "Are you lost? Do you know where we are?" We always know where we are. We just we just kind of reroute sometimes. That's all. So other than that little lie that's there, uh, other things you shouldn't lie about. Uh, And and I don't know if there's a special dispensation for that one or not. But be careful. And the worst thing is, is lying to ourselves. That's the greatest lie of all. And that deception of self-deception that is so important to be careful of. Never negotiate convictions. He says in Proverbs chapter 1 and verse 10, My son, if sinners entice thee, consent thou not. Just say no. I'm I'm not going to. Uh, And by the way, the, the Bible teaches how to have convictions, how to develop convictions, how to make the convictions as well. And uh, the book of Deuteronomy, it covers some principles there that work for developing convictions. But <clears throat> that's enough, all these are, all these could be sermons on their own. So I'm just throwing them all together. Uh, but be careful about that with our convictions. And then number 16 <clears throat> be tolerant of others' preferences. <clears throat> now, all of us can have. <laughs> different preferences and different things we like. Um, one likes red, one likes blue, one likes yellow or green. Uh, or, well, I would say you like summer or winter. Here we all love summer. That's why we're here in the winter wintertime, uh, <clears throat> because you like that. Kind of, you know, and so it, I remember when I was uh, 17, 18 years old in the Army, I was stationed over in Italy, and i never forget <clears throat> we were on a a, a reconnaissance work, and I was, remember one morning I got, I was freezing and out there trying to shave in the mirror of a, of a Jeep that we had there, and I was just freezing, and, and I was griping to myself, and then it just occurred to me, I'll never forget, I was just 18 years old, and I thought, wait a minute, bud, you were griping last summer because it was so hot, and now you're griping because it's so cold, so make up your mind. When I was 18 years old, I decided then, I'm going to hate the cold and love the warmth. So you'll never hear me gripe about how hot it gets. I'm happy for it to get hot. But cold, I mean, uh, I mean, anyhow, it's just you get cold. And so <clears throat> anyhow, I don't know what that had to do with anything, but I just wanted to get that off my chest. <clears throat> so uh, <clears throat> watch out, though. So, uh, but we're tolerant of other people's preferences. I've, I've always thought uh, <laughs> that, that, you know, one thing we independent fundamental Baptists stand for is we all believe in the individual priesthood of the believer. That's, that's biblical. But if there's one thing as independent fundamental Baptists we don't tolerate with each other, it's the individual priesthood of the believer. I mean, when we, I let you believe what you want to believe, I'll believe what I want. But if you don't believe like I believe, then you're wrong and I'm right. I just can't handle it other than that. Uh, but that's the way we get sometimes. So if it's not a conviction, if it's not something I can take my Bible and put my finger on it, which is what a conviction is, then let it go. Let it go. And it doesn't make any difference if they're wrong. Let them go. That was a joke, but you missed it. a couple of you got. But hey, you you just you learn to be tolerant of other people's preferences. And that's probably a, <clears throat> a long enduring uh learning time that we have to do it. So <clears throat> looking at that. Uh, number 17, act like a leader. <clears throat> The way you sit, the way you speak, the way you look, your personal habits, and what you're doing. Uh, Leadership is vitally important for all of us. And everybody's a leader to some degree. It may just be the leader in the home or leader at the job or whatever your particular work is or something at church. Uh, But we all and we all want to be careful of what we do because there's usually someone right behind us, or someone looking, or someone watching, or someone that's observing. A life or action or what we do. And I want to make sure that I don't lead them down the wrong road at all. So I want to be careful about my leadership as well and uh, how we do it. Uh, and then be quick, number 18, be quick to forgive. <clears throat> Forgiveness should be like like the Lord's. God doesn't hold things over us uh, at all. He doesn't, well, I'm going to wait and kind of watch and observe and think. And I think where the <clears throat> the disciples we're questioning Lord, Lord, how in the world are we gonna be able to do that? And he said, and he said, Are we supposed to forgive seven times? And he said, No, seventy times seven. Uh that you, I mean, you you always, seven times, you always make sure, seven times seven. So I think, Lord, help us then, give us faith. But and keep in mind, God never said, even with that, he never said, Oh, uh, forgive them and then watch them for a few days or weeks and make sure that they really meant it. But, hey, if it's seven times in a day, that means you don't have a lot of time to observe and watch after they ask for forgiveness, and they have to do it again and, and then again and then again. But that's the way God forgives, and we're supposed to forgive like God does. And forgiveness means, by the way, as Jay Adams enumerates for us, it means I'll not bring it up to you again. I'll not bring it up to others. That means I'm not going to gossip about you. And number three, I'm not going to bring it up to myself. I'm not going to ponder it. Boy, I can't believe the way they treated me or the way they hurt me. Or you, you just let it go. You know, if you can't resolve it, fine. You know, as much as lies in you, live peaceably with all men. But I'm simply saying forgive. And so many times in homes and marriages, that point is forgotten about. Number 19, have an attitude of gratitude, you know? Just learn to be thankful. We have so much to be thankful to God for, uh, and the very moment we start griping or complaining about something, is just stop and think. I think no matter whatever happens, uh, you know, with, uh, with, with anybody else, you think all I have to do is pick up my Bible and read Hebrews chapter 11 and see what those people went through for their faith. And anything I may have the privilege of going through would be a privilege from God. But I think be careful with it. And in every way at all, I want to make sure I learn to, in everything, give thanks. For so this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you uh, and for all of us. And, and, and so we want to make sure we have that thankful spirit, grateful spirit, and grateful attitude that is there uh, all the time. So have that uh, at that attitude of gratitude. And then number 20, have as your two highest goals. I think and this is just my opinion. Glorify God and evangelize the world. Those two. That's two goals that we have for our church, that's two goals that every church should have and we stop and think about. But that's my goal as well. I want to make sure that I glorify God in my life and my family with my wife, my son, grandchildren, My church family, we want to glorify God and then be involved in evangelism, be involved in telling more people about Jesus Christ. And that's so vitally important, just to have a love for God and a love for others. I was uh, today, I I kept love letters that my wife sent me when we were engaged and then we were separated. I was in school and she was back in McLean, Virginia, and I had a stack of them today. And I just started reading through one after another. And one of the things she was saying was that we need to make sure that we can always keep our mind on trying to win other people to Christ. That was 58 years ago. But I think it's still the same. You know, and that's the good thing. It's not like this Bible kind of comes and goes. It's the same yesterday, day, and forever, our Lord Jesus Christ. So our two highest goals. And then the last thing I mentioned is make Christ your magnificent obsession. Jesus is <clears throat> being able to have the Lord Jesus Christ first and foremost. to Making him preeminent in our lives. Christ first in everything. And if I can think about my Lord and I think about what he's done for us and trust him and, and worry about not self but God Almighty being glorified through our life. You think we don't know what's going to happen in any of the wars and the economy and and all the threats that America's getting right now uh, coming from leadership that we have, it's tough. I'm sure glad we serve a faithful, sovereign, loving God that will never allow anything to happen to us that doesn't pass through his heart and mind first. And then he may allow it to come through his hands into our hearts and lives, allowing God to work. A few principles there now. I realize they're old, but the nice thing is, as I said with the Bible, if it worked yesterday, it worked today, it'll work tomorrow. It's all the same. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for loving us like you do and caring about us. Just help us, Lord, I pray, to apply these principles and all the principles. There's so many, Lord, and I just hit a few, I know. But I pray, dear God, that you'll help us and help us, Lord, to love the Lord Jesus Christ with our heart, whole, heart, whole heart and soul and mind and life. Lord, we pray for Pastor Lytell to help him, Father, with his physical needs that he has. Thank you for him. Thank you that he's a man of God that we can all follow after. And just pray you'll bless him and Kathy as she cares for him as well. And just pray that he might be feeling well and stronger by this coming Lord's Day as he preaches your word to our hearts. Bless us now as we go home. I pray in Jesus' name, amen. If you would like to know more about the Lord Jesus Christ, you may contact us at the church website,